What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host as always, Tony Mango, and my target for this review, as you can tell with the title, is Logan. As far as the Review Point podcast goes, it's pretty simple. I try to do my best to break things down into positives and negatives, hereby referred to as hits and misses, because that's the gimmick and everything. But before we get started, I want to warn everybody, the Minuteman review is the spoiler-free version. The Review Point has spoilers, so if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the Minuteman review if you're still not sure about you want to see the movie or not. Go watch the movie if you haven't seen it yet. And then come back and check this out. But if you don't care about being spoiled or maybe you want to know that kind of stuff going forward and that could be the determining factor of whether or not you see this movie, then feel free to continue on here. But just putting it out there because we will be talking about all sorts of little nuggets here and there. So first things first, I'm going to bury the lead. This is a hit. This is a big hit of a movie. This movie is fucking great. It is one of the best comic book movies that we've seen. It is by far the best out of all of the X-Men films. But as I mentioned in the Minuteman review, with that being said, it's not the best X-Men movie. And that sounds like it's counterproductive and it actually doesn't make any sense. But it does in my mind at the very least. So I'm going to try to explain it to you in this way. If you're going to tell me to make an X-Men movie, let's ignore all the movies that we've had before. Let's ignore the precedent that has been set, the continuity, any of that kind of stuff, and you were going to tell me, make an X-Men movie. This isn't what I would make, because the X-Men, at its core, is a series about Professor Xavier leading a group of people, whether they're old enough to be professors at a school, or they're still young enough to be just students at the school, or a healthy mix of the two, usually I prefer it to be the healthy mix of the two, leading a fight against the evil humans that can't appreciate the mutant side of the population, as well as the evil mutants who are showing the negatives of the mutant side, which are, of course, the Brotherhood of Mutants or Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, if you want to go that way. It never made any sense to me that they would call themselves evil mutants because in their mind, they're not evil. It's the humans that are evil, but we're getting down a totally different rabbit hole here. Um, or it's the Marauders or it's the uh, Morlocks or Sentinel program, like any of those kind of adversaries. But it's not a Wolverine movie when you tell me make an X-Men movie. Now, if you're going to say make a Wolverine movie, then we get something a little bit more on par with X-Men Origins Wolverine, except for something good, hopefully, and the Wolverine and now Logan. This is the best movie based out of the X-Men film franchise, but it's not what you would say is an X-Men movie. It is a Logan movie, a Wolverine movie, a James Howlett movie, whatever you want to call it like that. And when you look at it through that scope, and you also keep in mind that the continuity is out the window. I mean, what continuity at this point? You know what I mean? The films make no sense when you try to piece things together as it is. Nightcrawler and Mystique's ages are all over the place. So is Angel's. He's born in the, you you were assuming the 60s to be able to be that age in the 80s, but at the same time in 2000 or whatever, he's still the same age. It makes no sense whatsoever. Cyclops' brother is as old as his parents in X-Men Apocalypse, so on and so forth. So if you ignore that, and you look at this as kind of a pocket film, a possible future that 
spawned out of a different timeline instead of the same continuity that we're getting with the X-Men Apocalypse and Days of Future Past and all that other kind of stuff. If this is an offshoot, like an Elseworlds in DC or maybe Earth, I don't know what, because uh, these aren't operating with Earth 616, but if the, uh, is it 616 or 616? Now that I'm thinking about it. I usually call it 616, but it should be 616 or 616. I don't know. Leave a comment below and tell me what, how, how do you say that? You know, whatever universe that this X-Men film franchise has been in before, I'm looking at this as a side sort of, you know, thing off on a different tangent. Keeping that in mind, you can ignore a couple little things here and there, and you can just put this on its own and have it be the story of Logan, how it could potentially end, how it could end in a certain universe, that kind of stuff. And if that's the case, fucking brilliant in so many different ways. Now, of course, it's not a perfect movie. It's not going to win Best Picture. It's not going to be anything like that. But I mentioned this in the uh, the spoiler-free review, too. This could actually have Oscar buzz behind it. There's a chance that we see... I mean, it's not going to most likely happen, but... Hugh Jackman could be nominated for Best Actor for this movie, or you could see Patrick Stewart nominated for Best Supporting Actor, or you can see a nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. There are a lot of options here. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't get anything whatsoever, because not only do these films not usually get attention, but if they do get any kind of Academy Award attention, they usually get something on the more technical side of things, like how Suicide Squad for some fucking reason, won Best Makeup and Hairstyling, even though it totally didn't deserve it. And Star Trek Beyond was nominated for that. They usually get visual effects, that kind of a thing. This movie's not going to get the uh, the makeup and design uh, product, uh, product, the uh, production design, I mean. It's not going to get visual effects because it's a more low-key film. It's not going to get anything like uh, Best Director, that kind of a thing. But at the very least, it's going to go down as one hell of a movie. And there are so many hits to this movie and so few misses that I'll just throw out a couple of the misses that I have right now. And keep in mind, I'm nitpicking to a certain extent. The music is one of them. It's not really memorable. You know, I like my more grandiose, bombastic kind of music in a lot of movies. You know, that's something that bugs me a little bit about the MCU. I usually like the music, but I don't love it. Unless it's got like a grand sweeping theme like the the Avengers one where you know it's you can remember You don't want to hear me singing a whole other thing. I don't remember anything from this movie as far as something to be able to hum. So that's a negative. Because I do love the X-Men theme, not only the old da 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 from the TV show, but their own twist on it. I'm singing a lot, aren't I? I probably should stop doing that. I'll get a copyright infringement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's nothing like that going on here, but that's fine. You know, some movies don't need it. Some movies use their score as just something to be like an undertone. And, you know, it works f uh, fine for this. It's not like a negative negative that I disliked it. It's just that I didn't love it. It wasn't anything memorable. The villain, Dr. Rice. Well, we really have you know, a couple different villains here. But if I'm going to talk about negatives, Dr. Rice is a negative. He's a generic scientist. And I don't know if he is somebody from the comics or not. 
I don't remember him being anybody from the comics. They tried to throw it out there that his father was one of uh, one of the people that had worked on the Weapon X project, and maybe there actually is a Doctor Rice that was a part of that, but I don't remember that being the case. So either way, he was underwhelming. You know, he's he's filling the role of the guy experimenting on people, and that's again fine for the movie because the movie isn't the Doctor Rice story; it's the Logan story. And we have a couple of supporting characters that damn sure take precedent over Dr. Rice. You know, if you're going to tell me that you're going to have to cut a couple of the scenes out of the movie and you're going to cut either something from Charles Xavier or Dr. Rice, I'm going to want that time with Xavier. So that's, you know, he's a little bit of a meh, but the same thing kind of applies to the new mutants, if they want to call them that. And I hope that those aren't the new mutants going forward for the continuity of the series, because I don't want anything actually going forward for this. And I'm going to tie that into another little negative here, which is the state of the future of the X-Men universe, because this is the end of an era. No more Hugh Jackman Wolverine, which it sucks because he was so damn good at that role. And you talk about the best casting in any comic book film. You got Heath Ledger as Joker was so good that he got an Oscar. Now, of course, he wasn't my perfect Joker. You had to sort of mix all three on-screen Jokers with a little bit of Mark Hamill for me to actually get to that point. But, you know, uh, I love the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman in a lot of different ways. Henry Cavill is a great Superman. It's just a shame that they don't write shit for him. I really loved the casting of... Uh, Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto. Of course, Patrick Stewart as Xavier has been just knocking it out of the park from from day one. And he does the exact same thing here. So I got to give, you know, I got to start bleeding into the hits a little bit too. Uh, Xavier is just fucking amazing. We'll talk about him in a little bit too. But, uh, you know, you, you got to talk about the best casting in these kind of comic book films. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine has to be up there in the top five, without a doubt. I mean, he might even be the top two Maybe even number one. I don't know. That's up for another debate. I'd love to hear your comments below. Tell me if you think that he's ranking at the top, uh, top to the top, or just top five, top ten, whatever the case may be. But I don't want to see this get bastardized. I don't want any more of X-23. I don't think that there's anything else that needs to be said about her. So if they continue going forward and they continue with uh, Richter and the little fat kid that was running and... uh, Chris Dace and I were laughing about it the whole goddamn time. I don't want to see those new mutants. I want to see a completely different rebooted series at this point. Don't give me the whole, uh, I hate Legion on TV. I got to say, I tried watching that show and I just don't like it. So that is not where you're going to get your future of the X-Men series for me. And I don't really love the cast of the X-Men Apocalypse film. So I, I would be fine with them kind of scrapping that. As far as I'm concerned, keep Deadpool going. Do your little offshoots like your Gambit movie and your, um, I don't really even know what I would like to see actually on top of that. Maybe X-Factor, but it doesn't need to be its own film. So experiment over the next couple of years without Jean Grey and without Cyclops and do actually instead a TV show. Either it's a Netflix show and you can have the budget for it or 
do like another animated series or something like that. And that way we can kind of expand on a whole reboot of everything. And then, you know, a couple of years down the line, sell it to Marvel. Marvel can reboot everything, do a whole new film, uh, film franchise and kind of start fresh there. But I don't want to see this get bastardized. So I'm kind of, I don't know about the, the future of the series. So that's a little bit of a negative because these characters that they introduced aren't good enough to stand on their own. The last thing I have to say as far as negatives go, no post credit scene. But that's okay because this is going to transition into the uh, the hits. They gave us a pre-credit scene, actually a pre-opening credit scene with Deadpool, which was amazing. I actually for a second thought that this was the beginning of Logan, and I was like, "What the fuck are they doing? This is uh, you know crazy," but it isn't, and that's cool because it wouldn't have made any sense in the movie whatsoever. But uh, that in itself, you should go check out. If you can find it online and you're not interested in seeing Logan, I don't know why you wouldn't be because you should be a, fa- a fan of this franchise to begin with, but uh, go check that out because it's really, really funny. But the hits on this movie, I mean, they just keep coming left and right. It's not every scene. It's not every moment. It's not like every little character is amazing. You know, they've got the uh, family that they go to see, and it's like, I kind of didn't want to see them die and that kind of a thing, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to go like, oh man, the best supporting characters of the year are the family that uh, he was hanging out with and that kind of stuff, but you're talking about the bulk of the movie? So many good things here. For one weird thing that nobody's really going to talk about, I'm sure nobody's going to talk about this on like any of the reviews, the progression of 10 years from now, because I mean, we're 2017 right now, and this is taking place in 2029, Usually movies go a little bit too crazy with their idea of what the future is going to be and the tech from the future, not too far off from what we have now. We basically have this filmed in 2017 with a couple of little differences here and there. And that's the way that things usually end up going. But who knows? 2029, we might have things completely different from now. I don't know. I loved the deliberate things that were made in this movie that paid off later, like the adamantium bullet because I was hoping that that would come into play as the killer of X-24, which X-24, that was really cool. That essentially was the X-Men Origins Deadpool done right. They took the idea of Logan and uh, him being a template for a super soldier as, I mean, shit, what makes more sense than that? He is what he's essentially always been, the peak of what you're looking for as someone who is animalistic and can heal and isn't reliant upon technology to be able to win a fight, and all these other kind of elements that you would want Logan, or James Hallett, as your super soldier if you're breeding these type of people. So you take that, and you just make him the bad guy, and it's like, who would kill Logan? Logan would. And yeah, he dies. I mean, I said before, spoiler alert, Logan dies in the movie, And I was okay with it, you know? I didn't want Logan to die. I usually don't like my superheroes to die all that much. I mean, I'm going to spoil something that if it ever comes to pass, you're going to see about this in the future. But I had written up a bunch of blueprints of, like, my idea of how the Spider-Man story should go, how the uh, Batman story should go, how the Superman story should go, etc. That goes really in-depth for a lot of different things. I mean, the Batman story starts off literally with falling down into the well, and it ends with kind of Batman's death, but not really. 
And the uh, Superman story kind of ends with ba- uh, Superman's death. It'd be funny if it was ending in Batman's death, but kind of ends in his death, but not really. And spoiler alert for the Spider-Man one, my Spider-Man one, uh, Spider-Man doesn't die at the end of it. I don't like my superheroes to die all that much, but sometimes it makes sense depending on the story that you're telling and depending on the material that you're using and the medium that you're presenting it in. And this was projected to us as the end of the Wolverine story. And it was a good ending. I loved his last line about how this is how dying feels like. And man, you're talking about death and uh, trying to grab you and, and get you to, to cry. I almost cried at this movie with Xavier's death. The scene where he's getting buried and Logan can't say anything because what do you say at that point? You know, you got this guy who was the figurehead of the mutant kind optimism and he took you in and he was a father figure to you, even though you're older than he is. And he was the one guy that kept believing in you and he always was there for you and he was always there for everybody. And then you you took care of him for a bunch of different years and you know, it, it's sad to see people that are old and they've got Alzheimer's or they got dementia or any of those kind of really negative things that you're you're dealing with, but with the weight of the world on top of it too. And having the backstory that Logan's character has where everybody around him just dies and this is literally the last guy left. And what do you say at that point? You know what I mean? And all he's saying is, well, there's water here. You know, it's got water. Oh, man, that that almost got me to tear up, man. I'll have to admit that was fucking great. So I loved every little thing like that. I love the idea of Xavier having a degenerative brain disease because what better person to have something like that than the most powerful mind in the fucking world, you know? And the fact that he was the one that he that he took out the X-Men. I mean, they didn't actually say this, so maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but my implication here was that Xavier had one of his seizures and he took out Scott, Gene, Kitty, Colossus, and all you know the other people in Westchester. Because he says, I remember what happened in Westchester. That's not, I remember what happened with the world. So it's not like he got tapped into Cerebro and killed all the mutants or anything like that. If that would have happened, Wolverine would have died. But they show you throughout the movie that Wolverine is able to withstand those seizures. And that that makes sense why he would be the only one that was still left hanging around. Now the rest of them... I detected hints of the legacy virus being the cause of the extension of the mutants. And maybe I'm just projecting that. I don't know. But I'd like to think that that's what they were aiming for because that would also explain Xavier's condition and Logan's degeneration as well, which makes more sense than the adamantium poisoning. And if that's where they go, just adamantium got in the way, then that's going to be a negative for me. That's going to be one of those misses. But I digress. Uh, Caliban was a decent side character. No complaints about him. X-23, Daphne Keene is going to be a damn good actress. I mean, the last time that this popped up, the last two times, I'll I'll put it this way. Last two times that we had a little kid that I thought, ooh, there's a lot of potential there, was Chloe Grace Moretz with Hit Girl and uh, Dakota Fanning with I Am Sam. And Dakota Fanning hasn't really turned out to be as great as what I would have assumed. 
But there's still a hell of a lot of a future for her, so who knows. Same thing for uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, although she's got a huge upside. Both of them just need to get the right movies going. And Daphne Keene didn't get the biggest amount of time to express herself as far as, like, dialogue goes. But just her face alone and playing the type of a character, she did a damn good job for X-23. So great job on her behalf. Great job for uh, pretty much everybody in the movie. Boyd Holbrook was probably the the most lacking as far as, like, the four main characters go. But he did fine. I mean, Donald Pierce is not a character that I have a whole lot of intrinsic ties to from the comics. It's not like, oh, man, you fucked up Mystique or something like that. No, it's, you know, it is what it is. The the Reavers are not my favorite storyline, and I don't even know how I would have factored them into my blueprint uh, blueprint of the X-Men story, because I'm still kind of working on that a little bit. But, um... Spoiler alert for that, by the way, uh, it's mostly uh, some of the things that we've seen in the movies. They've touched upon a lot of that, so I'm not breaking too many barriers here. But yeah, man, I loved this movie. I thought that from start to finish, it was just a fun ride. I mean, I love that they made it rated R because that was something that they kept it where it wasn't gratuitous violence. It was the kind of stuff that you would have seen happening. I mean... Wolverine has claws and he stabs people. When you get stabbed, you are going to bleed. And sometimes he's not going to stab you in an area that's off screen. He's going to stab you in the face. He's going to stab you in the throat. He's going to put a, you know, one of the claws through your eyeball. He's a fucking warrior. He's going to do that to you. So yeah, it needed to be kind of brutal. Now, when we were leaving the movie theater, I saw this with 10 people. So, you know, wide variety of opinions, but everybody agreed that it was amazing. Although one person, uh, you know, you've seen him before here, Sam. He had said that it didn't live up to his expectations. But when I tried to get some kind of a deliberate, what do you think didn't live up? It wasn't really like, well, you know, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. It was more so I think that he thought it was going to be a different thing. And, and that's, you know, that might happen. I don't know. You might not like the movie as much as I did. But everybody else absolutely loved it. And uh, we were all saying that this was great in a lot of different ways. But one person brought up, they were like, were the tits necessary? And my point of view was, no, it wasn't necessary. I'm a boob guy, though. I like boobs. So, <laughs> you know, if you're going to tell me that they're going to put some boobs on screen and it's going to be a funny joke in the middle of it, cool. I like boobs. I like jokes. It didn't get in the way. It wasn't distracting. So I'm down for it. But you got to rated our movie. You might as well play around with it, right? So I enjoyed it. From top to bottom, I thought that this was fantastic. I want to know what you guys have to say about this, because if you agree or you disagree, especially if you disagree, I really want to know your point of view, because I'd like to have a discussion going forward about this. But uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to invite you to not just share your thoughts with me in the comments below, but to also stay tuned to the website and the YouTube channel for more stuff coming your way. I don't know exactly what the next thing is going to be, but I'm almost 100% positive that it's going to be Kong Skull Island's Minuteman review, and I'm going to do a review point for that. But we also have Iron Fist coming out a little bit later on this month. We've got Beauty and the Beast, which I might be seeing in theaters. I'm not too sure yet. I'm spending a lot of money on movies this time, so I don't know if I can really afford to spend it on everyone. Same thing for uh, Ghost in the Shell. I'm really excited for that one. I don't know the source material behind that, so I'm going in blind for that compared to what it is for the X-Men series. But I already got my tickets for Power Rangers. So you guys know for sure you're getting Kong, Iron Fist, and Power Rangers. Potentially also Beauty and the Beast and uh, Ghost in the Shell. Maybe even Life. 
That looks kind of interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go to the movies a whole lot this time around. But if you follow the wrestling side of things, Mark Out Moments channel for all that other kind of stuff, uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already on our YouTube channel here. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well to get notified on everything else that pops up. Uh, subscribe to the RSS feed on fanboysanonymous.com as well. And if you are on YouTube and you subscribe and you hit that little bell icon to be notified of new videos, that's the best way for you to know in case I just decide to do something random or whatever like that. But that's been this episode of The Review Point. I'm Tony Mango and I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks out.